One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. We'll give everybody a chance to get settled. I know we, you know, got some little bit of distance to travel to go to our, uh, well, not that far, but, you know, we got a lot more space. So we got to make sure, give everybody time to get settled in. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray and we'll get into the word today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus name. Amen. Church said, amen. Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Okay, you're going to need it. Amen. This is what makes the difference. This is what's going to make all the difference in your life is your commitment to learn what God says about you and your family in this book. Amen. Praise God. So uh, we're going to preach this message this morning entitled Kingdom Confidence. Kingdom Confidence. And uh, if we think about it, you know, our purpose, our anointing as a ministry is, you know, it's like our slogan that we have. It says saving the lost. And then what else does it say? Yeah. See, y'all, you better learn that. This is what you now. This is what you didn't signed up to be a part of saving the lost and empowering the believer. Well, so you can't just stop at getting saved, right? Because if you stopped at getting saved, uh, then how are you going to deal with the devil that's going to try to take you out while you're here in the earth? Well, you have to be empowered. So saving the lost and empowering the believer. And so now that believer, when that believer is empowered, <clears throat> that believer has a chance to live in victory here in the earth. Amen? Amen. And so kingdom confidence. And if there was a subtitle, it would be the, the you that God sees. The you that God sees. And so uh, a lot of times people kind of struggle when it comes to their self-image and things like that. And there's a reason for it. And we know it didn't come from God. But if we can lock into, well, what, what does God see? Come on. Have you ever thought about that? Come on. You ever just ask yourself, just, man, I wonder what God sees when he looks at me. Oh, see, I can't get amen right there. I uh, see if you could start entering into some things like this, this is going to position you for great growth and personal expansion. When I say personal expansion, that means you're going to advance. You're going to be able to do more things than you thought you could do. If you could ever just say, well, I wonder what God sees when he looks at me. See, a lot of times people are scared of God or they're running from God or they're trying to bring correction or something like that uh, to their behavior or whatever. One, one quick uh, interruption. Can you guys close that door back there? Um, just, yeah, just shut it that way. Um, that's where the, yeah, thank you. But um, sometimes, you know, we're like, oh man, I've been messing up and I'm, but you know, you get to a point where you're just not going to be messing up all the time. Amen. You, you get to a point where you're not running from God. You're trying to learn more about God. You want to get closer to God. And, and then you want to experience more of what God has for you. How I many know you, you do graduate from just hoping you don't go to hell? 
Anybody in here with me? I mean, you, you should be graduating with like, I sure hope I don't. Ooh, man, I'm hoping I don't go to hell. You ought to be advancing past that. Like, okay, I'm, I've already, you know, done that. And now let me just see what God has for me. Because I know God has something greater for me. Amen. So let's go to Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah 1.5 in the King James. The God, the you that God sees. And so he says here, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And so before you were ever put in planet earth, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already knew you. And so this is what we have to understand. God doesn't meet us when we get saved. Now, sometimes we think that we're going to help someone be introduced to God. And we think that this is what salvation is all about. Well, the truth is God already knew you. Come on. God already knew you before he ever formed you in your mother's womb. And so God is not like being introduced like, oh, how are you? Glad to meet you. You know, sometimes you might say, well, let me, uh, I want to help somebody. I'm going to introduce them to God. No, God already knows them. It's just a matter of us. God uses us to help people wake up, to wake up and and realize that they there is a creator that created them with purpose. And he created them and he filled them with purpose before they ever hit the earth. Like what? Like some people are trying to find out what is it that I'm supposed to do? Well, the thing about it is God already knew that before he put you in your mother's womb. And so now let's go to Romans, Romans 8, 29 through 30. We'll look at this in the NLT. Romans 8, 29 through 30 in the NLT. Amen. And so for God knew his people when? In advance. So God knew his people in advance. See that? God knew his people in advance. And so what does that mean? He knew you already. So if God knew me already, then why do I have to like clean up myself and figure out how to get right for God? Amen. Come on. How many of y'all, how many of you guys do that? Amen. You don't like people coming over when you, you're not ready. Anybody. I know how the ladies are. The, The ladies are like, wait, wait, hold on. Why? You know what I'm saying? Somebody coming over like, what? Hold on. What time? Why? Because you got to get ready. But God sees you when you're not ready. Amen. Come on. You're like, really? Yeah. You know, when you get up in the morning, amen. Some of y'all be like, man, don't nobody want to see me in the morning like that. (laughs) But God sees everything. So if, if we start to understand these things, we start to realize that, you know, God is not... Um, in this place where he is waiting on us to impress him. God is not waiting on you to impress him. And then now all of a sudden you qualify to be used by him. He already had a plan and he already knew you in advance for God knew his people in advance and he chose them. Look at your name and say, I've been chosen by God. Huh? Okay. Look back and say, I, I was chosen by God before anybody else could choose me. Oh, see, some people, man, they, they're stuck right there. They, their identity is caught up in 
you know, oh man, their spouse or whatever, or, or, oh, I'm, you know, I sure hope I get married one day. And then, no, God already chose you before. Oh, see, let me just help you. I'll give you a little, a uh, little help with marriage. See, the way marriage works is when both people know who they are in Christ. See, when, when both people don't know who they are in Christ, then that marriage ain't going to work. Amen. It, it, it might, listen, a marriage can stay a marriage, but it don't mean it's working. Oh, I, y'all, you gotta, y'all don't want me to get into this. Uh, you could stay married, but glory to God, you are really spiritually divorced already. Now, you want to have a good marriage. Well, the only way to have a good marriage is you're going to each have to have your own identity in Christ. And so you have to know who you are in Christ. Amen. And so when God looks at this, he knew me before I ever met my wife. And he already had plans for me before he ever. Matter of fact, a part of his plans for me was to connect me with her. You see what I'm saying? And you start to think about this. God knows everything in advance. But God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So I was already supposed to be like Jesus. Y'all in here with me? Oh, but a lot of times they don't teach this in church. What do they keep teaching? They keep teaching. We're just making mistakes. We're just sinners. We just keep on. We just keep missing the mark. But before you were ever put in your mother's womb, you were supposed to be like Jesus. God already decided beforehand. Now, yeah, you may have made some mistakes and you came out of some stuff. But a lot of times that's because you're confused. See, when I was a sinner, I was just confused. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was supposed to be. And so what are we always doing? We're trying to be like somebody else. But the fact is, God chose us to be like his son, that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Next verse. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Now, does it say he will give it one day? He gave, right? This is stuff that's already done. So when I start to realize what's already done, I'll stop trying to make things happen. Come on, somebody. When I start to realize what's already done, I'll stop trying to, uh, uh, you know how I am with this. You guys, I'm just, you know, trying to get better. Why are you trying to do something that's already done? See, why are you trying to create something that's already created? Come on. The you that knows how to act right is already created. Oh, some of you say, wait, your family might say, well, well, we haven't met them yet, though. I just you said they, they know how to act right, Pastor, but it don't seem like. I don't seem like they do because. <laughs> but if you start to realize God already created me to act right, do you know that it is more natural for you to act like God than to act like the devil? Amen. Can you believe that? Like it is natural. Do you know that it is natural for you to do things that please God? You're not going to get this teaching from a lot of people because they always want to make an excuse for sin and continuing in sin. But if you realize that sin is not even my norm, 
That ain't even what I do. I'm not even comfortable in that. I'm telling you, if you ever catch a revelation of stuff that I'm teaching you, he gave them right standing. So he already put you in right standing. That's through Jesus. He gave them his glory. Well, his glory um, is that word glory comes from the Greek word doxa, which is the, the manifestations of God's power, the manifestations of God's goodness in the earth. Amen. And so he gave that just like Jesus told uh, Martha when they were complaining about Lazarus being dead. And she's, he said, I told you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Well, we are created to be carriers of the glory of God. We're created to walk in. Do you know that you're supposed to walk in a room and people feel the presence of God? What? No, you're supposed to walk in a room, any room. And people are supposed to feel. Now, an unsaved person won't know what they feel. They say, man, it's, uh, it's something different about you. Come on, have any of you had that happen? Amen. Come on, where it was, you get around some people and they say, man, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something different. Amen. And that's God's power. That's God's power on you. And you're supposed to be one that is carrying that. Not somebody that is, oh, you know, I, I got, see, people have cycles, right? They have cycles of life. I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break up all your cycles, all your raggedy traditions, all of your excuses. I'm going to get rid of all of it. You're either going to love me or hate me, but you're going to hear the truth. And you're not going to be allowed to stay that same old stinky Christian you've been being and making an excuse for being like that. Because God did not create you with that attitude. God did not create you with all them excuses. He created you to be like his son. He created you to walk in the earth and walk just like Jesus. That's what he does. <clears throat> and we have to be those that simply receive it. So he created us to do this. Let's look at that scripture again. Romans eight twenty nine and 30 in the NLT. And so he knew us. And then now 30 and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. And so, you know, I'm always having you speak something bold. I want you to say this and say it like you mean it. Say, I am, I am in, right standing in right standing with God, with God. Right, now. right now. Hmm. So if you are in right standing, then you're not trying to get somewhere. You realize where you already are. Now, this is not an excuse for you to sin and all this type of stuff. But I'm telling you, when you start to realize what's in you naturally, the things that are not natural start to fall away. Just like I told you guys, I never tried to stop cussing. And if some of you are ever around me, you say, man, he does never cusses at all. Obviously, I wouldn't, you know, say, man, well, you surely shouldn't. We're your church family. (laughs) But I'm talking about people that don't know me or they know me, but they're not part of our church. I've been around a lot of people who are cussing and, you know, cussing is contagious. Did you know that? Some of you know, you didn't caught that cussing, that cussing bug. You can catch that from other people. Yeah, watch out who you're around. But it's not natural for you. So I never said I'm going to stop doing this or whatever. 
God just woke me up and let me start to see my true nature. Well, my true nature is to speak like a king. Come on, somebody. My true nature is to speak like one that is dominating in the earth. And so I never try to stop speaking death. So what what do I mean by that? People that speak death, they are always doom and gloom and they speak, oh man, I hope you don't catch this. I hope this don't happen. All the stuff you're hoping not to happen. I hope, well, I hope it doesn't. I hope it, that's because you have been damaged in the area of your self-image. But then you start understanding what I'm teaching you, that God gave me this. I was created, so I'm created to walk around and speak life. You know that God's church, we are created to walk around even in the midst of a bad economy, we're created to walk around talking about money coming. Oh, do you guys understand what I'm teaching you here? We're created to walk around saying, I have all in the bound. I lack nothing. We're created to walk around. Here, let me, let me help you with this. Cause some of you have not been walking in your natural self. You know, some of you, you, you still depending on going to the doctors, going to the urgent care, going to everybody. But really what you're supposed to do, your natural self is supposed to be like Jesus. How many know every time Jesus went in the midst of sickness, healing came forth? Oh, come on, somebody. When Jesus stepped into the midst of sickness, healing sprang forth because healing virtue was in him. Well, what if you start to realize healing virtue is in me? Oh, it's not even natural for me to have symptoms. Man, boy, this right here must be for the online church. So, so it seems like the church would be excited about hearing victorious things because what if, what are you going to do when all the excuses that you've had, you don't need them anymore? What, what are you going to do? How are you going to act when you are always positive? I mean, like you say, man, I have, and people say, what's wrong with you? Well, what do you mean? Man, why are you smiling today? Dang, man, you're always smiling. You know what? It's, a, it's crazy how uh, a lot of people don't like happy people. That, that happiness gets it's somewhat annoying. It's just, what, what is that, man? Uh, you know, that people don't like you smiling. All, cause, but see, what we, we've been deceived because it is, and, and there are scientific studies that prove this, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. But yet there are more frowning going on than there is smiling. And so people have been trained to do what's actually harder. It's harder to frown. But we have been deceived and now the thing that is hard has become the norm. And that's why you've got to get back to the original truth and allow that to start to transform your life. God knew us in advance. And so I'm not trying to get something. I'm just letting God open me up to what's already there. And so when he opens me up to my new nature, listen, your new nature, your kingdom nature, it, we say new because you have to be born again, but it's more natural for you to be a person of peace. Like being a person that's agitated, irritated, that's not even normal. You know what? It's hard to actually become that. And some of you say, well, seem like I got that easy. Come, because some people, they get it. They get, one thing can go wrong. One little thing goes wrong. And here comes the, the stink. 
and they just stinky. They just frowning and just, why? What? What happened? Oh, I had some traffic. Oh, you experienced traffic in what? Oh, the car, in my car that I was driving. Oh, oh, you did. But then how do you think the person felt that was walking when you were driving, complaining, sitting in your air-conditioned car? Uh, but, I'm, you know, this is, they, they, this is just getting on my nerves. This is just, you know. But somebody else is walking. They don't even have a car. You see what I'm saying? We should never, you know. Now, I'm helping you with this because I want you to step into your true self. I, I don't want us to be a church that's practicing. See, we're not practicing religion. We're not practicing. That's why people are, sometimes they don't know how the anointing flows. And so they'll be nervous. Have you ever been in that place where you're, you're kind of nervous to do something, but then all of a sudden you do it and you go, whoa. It's like people talking to other people and stuff like that or praying for a stranger. You might think, I don't know. if I. But then you start doing it. You say, man, that was easy. Amen. I was like riding a bike. Because you're called to it. That's the real you. And so he has given us his glory and he's given us his power. Now go to Jeremiah 29, 11 in the NLT. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the NLT. Praise God. I'm looking at this camera, man. Hey, just raise it up a little bit. So like. So and everybody online, they don't care because we're trying to get this right. L- lift it up a little bit, like to where you see more over my head, a little bit over my head. I gotta, I gotta get this right because these, these, these videos and be going global. I can't be having, you know, having us being ghetto up and all that. You know what I mean? That, that's a little better. So you just want to keep a little bit over me, so where I got a little top, to where I don't look like I'm stepping out the frame. Praise God. All right, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. So what does that mean? So God's got, listen, you know God's not going and sketching something out. Amen. He said, oh man, let me, whew, let me see what I'm going to do. Pastor D, I don't know, man. Let me go to the Holy Ghost and see if he got some ideas of what we can do with him. He, God doesn't do that. He already knew this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. So look at your name and say, God's got good in store for me. So when did we start anticipating doom and gloom? When did we start expecting all this bad stuff? What happened? Yeah, but pastor, you know you go through stuff. Yeah, but see, how many know you don't have to stay in the wilderness for 40 years? Uh, the reason that the children of Israel was stuck in the wilderness for 40 years is because of unbelief. And so, listen, you ought to understand that trouble don't last always. Amen. Anything that enemy tries to throw at me, I'm coming up out of that. I'm not making this my new norm. I'm not about to pitch a tent and start living in this. I'm supposed to be on top of the mountain. Amen. I'm created to walk high. I'm not created to walk low. I'm supposed to be full of joy. I'm not even supposed to be depressed at all. Now, this ain't something I'm trying to get to. This is just who I am. And now what if we just say that? That's what I'm, why would you fight God? God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. 
But then you start talking about stuff like, well, you know, seems like things don't work out for me. You know, every time I, things get better, then here come another problem. You know, it's just always just seemed like it's just all I can't get ahead. Now you're speaking against God. Because God says the plans that I have for you are good, not for disaster. Well, how many know there's God's plans and there's the devil's plans? And so we know that God has come to give us life and that more abundantly. But the enemy is looking to steal, kill and destroy. And so he wants you to associate with destruction. He wants you to associate with things going wrong as your norm. But why would you follow after a devil when you're created in the image of God? I'm not created to follow after the devil. I'm created in the very image of God. And so he said that he created me to act like his son. And so when the world sees me, they ought to see Jesus. They ought not just keep seeing a filthy sinner saved by grace. I mean, man, filthy people need to take a bath somewhere along the way. Take a bath. I mean, good, nice. Stop staying filthy. Take a bath and start being clean and walk and represent. Come on, put on that royal apparel. Amen. Come on, put on that robe of righteousness and start walking around like you're a child of the king. Come on, start walking around like you're a person filled with purpose. Don't be, don't be waiting on everybody to do something. That's another thing. A lot of God's people waiting on handouts. You waiting on the handout, but you're anointed to dominate. Amen. People that are anointed to dominate. Listen, kings don't wait for handouts. Amen. Kings decree and establish and they go forth and they do great things because they're backed. Now, God is backing you. God wants you. He wants us dominating so much to where we draw attention to him. Amen. I'm talking about whatever you put your hand unto. How many of y'all up in here with me? Whatever you put your hand unto. God, uh, go to, let me give you a diversion. Go over there to Deuteronomy 28.8. Come on, Deuteronomy 28.8. King James. We'll get back to this. Amen. Whatever you put your hands unto, you're supposed to dominate that thing. You're supposed to prosper. But if you're just waiting for something to just all of a sudden change for you, it ain't going to change. What's going to make it change is your mindset. And so it says, the Lord shall command a blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thy hands to. Stop right there. You know what a storehouse is? A bank account. But what does that say? Storehouses. So how many know you're supposed to have more than one bank account? Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't get, uh, y'all, come on. You supposed to have more than one. You talking about, man, this one is full. Well, what about the other one? Come on. How many, uh, fill them all up in the name of, come on, man. Fill them all up in the name of Jesus. And then here goes these religious people. Well, that's just, you know, that's just prosperity preaching. No, it's not. It's actually Deuteronomy 28, 8. And, and so what people ought to do is just go to the Bible and stop coming up with opinions based on falsehood and just go to the Bible and read it yourself. So he shall command a blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all. What does that mean? 
all that you set your hands on to. So that means if I put my hand on it, it's prospering. Come on. I can't put my hand on nothing that ain't going to work. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to catch this revelation. If you put your hand on it, it's going to work. In order for it to fail, you got to take your hand off of it. Oh, come on, somebody. If Listen, if you are working at a job, oh, the job's going to be fine because you're there. You didn't put your hand on it. It cannot fail while you're there. You're too anointed for that. Come on. I, we, we didn't hear testimonies. And there's so many things I've experienced in myself where stuff changes, numbers change, and income goes up. All this type of stuff, we wonder, why is that happening? Because you're there. All God needs is one anointed. Come on, somebody. He needs one anointed to step in there and it'll change the whole company. Man, that's a lot different than I'm just, how you doing? I'm just hanging in there. Come on, man. Hanging in there. You standing flat footed on the word of God. Amen. You're not hanging on nothing. You are standing flat footed on the word of God, expecting greater things to come into your life. So if I put my hand to it, hmm? see, and a lot of God's people spend too much time wishing things were different. No, dominate where you are. Dominate where you are. Amen. Listen, dominate where you are. And then when God promotes you to go somewhere else, you go. But dominate where you are. You don't learn to dominate when you get to a greater place. You learn to dominate where you are. And that's what has to be. But that comes from a mindset. If I start to look at myself as, oh, I'm supposed to act just like Jesus, then all of a sudden my confidence is going to rise. My confidence is going to rise and I'm going to be excited about my future and I'm not going to be waiting on somebody else to give me a handout. Waiting on somebody else, you know. No, see, it's just like we're in this building, we're in this new building, we got all this type of stuff going on. This came through faith. This didn't come, I'm just going to wait on somebody. I'm not waiting on nobody. Matter of fact, I told all of them what they were going to do. And it got done. I had guys up in here doing construction. I said, we're going to have our first service on February 4th. They said, well, I don't know. No, you're going to get this done, brother. I just, I'm telling you, I'm advising you how faith is going to work. And what happened on February 4th? We were all up in here. Cameras working and everything. Amen. So you got to be one that's fully convinced, fully uh, persuaded. You got to know that God's power is for you. Now, if God knew, go back to that uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, NLT. For I know the plans that I have for you, they're good plans. And not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And so if I know this now, these are not new plans. You know, there came a time where God changed me from just Troy to Pastor Troy. It might have been new to me, but it wasn't new to him. Come on. Listen, he already knew about this long ago. Amen. Now, the enemy, I'm I'm going to give you this because we got to make sure we get the the rock solid truth. He said, well, if that if God's got everything planned out, then how come these bad things happen and all that? You got to understand there's an enemy that's working and he's after 
your image. He's looking to interrupt. He also knows God's got great things. You know, the devil knew when I was a sinner, he knew, dang, I ain't got him for that much longer. Amen. Come on. And I know, man, and the devil knew he going to be a fiery preacher. That, that man going to preach. Come on. He ain't going to be scared of nobody. And there's nothing he could do to stop it. It had to come to pass because it wasn't a new plan. It was an original plan. And so you got to understand that original plan is still in effect. And so we're created to dominate an earth. But now let me help you with this. But from the time we were born, the enemy has been after our self-image. From the time you're born, the enemy is after your self-image. And the reason is, is if you don't know who you are, you won't be able to fulfill your assignment. If you're still guessing, there's so much confusion. There's so much confusion with our kids, right? Why do you think the enemy's after our kids? He's trying to confuse them. He's trying to confuse them about their gender, right? I mean, how is gender even a question? If you think about it, how is gender even a question? You, you, you can't just go to God and say, I don't want, I want you to make me a woman. You're already made. Because if, if that is the way it worked, nobody would have to go to no doctor to get nothing changed. They could just go to God and say, excuse me, God, just change my mind. I realize I'm supposed to be a woman. Okay. Well, let me just have you step into this room and voila, you're a woman. It ain't possible, right? And so, and then really what happens is people who think they are, a lot of these men want to become women, but they don't want to have a period. Oh, I can't get an amen right there. Come on. Some, uh, they want to, you know, they don't want to have no menopause. They want to be a woman, but they don't want to have no menopause. You yeah, see, they don't want to deal with all of that. Amen. And so my point is, God is not making no mistakes, but it's that devil that's after our identity and he's after it from the time we're born so that we can't complete our assignment and so uh what he does is he causes an identity crisis he causes an identity crisis and so then now self-doubt comes in there comparison so what happens so think about this kids start to grow up then you get some called peer pressure come on you don't hear no babies talking about peer pressure, right? But it's all of a sudden they start growing up and then why? Because that comparison starts to come in and that uh, the comparison and then now there's confusion. And so now everybody's looking out. They're looking out to see who they are instead of looking within. And so now there's a definition of beauty. And so people are uh, trying to you know, live up to whatever that standard of beauty is, right? Oh, you have to be this way to be beautiful. You have to be, no, you have to be who God created you to be, amen? You, in order for you to be beautiful, you need to see the beauty that's already in you because when God created you, he didn't make no mistakes. But our world is all set up to move that person so that they're confused about their self-image. I can remember this coming up, man. When I was coming up, it was all about like competition. You go to school and man, I, shoot, back in my day, the, the people were just cold-blooded. 
You know what I mean? That was, hey, listen, you know, we were cold-blooded too, amen? It just kind of was contagious, but, you know, they, people would just talk about you, amen? I'm, I remember we, uh, we'd be on the bus ride home, and man, it was rough. It was rough, and, you know, sometimes you're in on it with the other kids, talking about somebody else, and then all of a sudden they switch that thing on you. And you're like, hey, wait, hold on. I thought I was in, <laughs> I thought I was in the good club, amen? Come on, I can remember I used to have this afro, and then if I, I hated to get my hair cut because if I got it trimmed up, man, you know, one time they called me light bulb head. <laughs> I said, man. I don't want to get no haircut. They called me light bulb head. I said, dang. Amen. But we used to talk about kids' shoes. You know, they we didn't know if they was poor or not. We didn't care. I mean, okay, we, we didn't have no heart for that. Ain't nobody care if you poor. Them shoes. Ooh, look at that. That's some raggedy shoes. Look at them pants. You know, stuff like that. But that stuff only works because it's all this comparison. It's all this, you know, and, and we're trying to be validated. We're trying to be. And then, you know, what's what's cold about that is um, now you're trying to catch up. You're trying to be with the in crowd and you're trying to be cool and you finally catch up and you finally get some. You know what I'm saying? And it took you a while. I remember I wanted me a members only jacket. Y'all, some of y'all ain't old as me. Y'all are not as old as me, but I want me a members only jacket, man. But by the time I got one, they was almost out. I said, man. It ain't even cool that anymore. Amen. But you trying so hard to get that thing. Well, it's that comparison. And that, that's what it's all about. And so our confidence. Now, I'm going to help you with something. I'm always giving you nuggets at this church. Now, if you listen to me and you take this, don't don't just listen to me preach and then just go home and forget everything I said. That's why we record this stuff. That's why I'm on these guys about making sure our stuff is right. You know, some of them. Uh, they probably don't understand why, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm only going to become more intense because everything I say is important and it could bring change to someone's life. It could give someone in another country the hope they needed to continue. See, this is not just, oh, I'm just showing up to serve today. It's just, just, man, this could be the difference between somebody choosing God or not. And so we have to take it like that and we have to take it serious. And so <clears throat> you need to listen to it again. That's why I record it. Don't just listen to me preach and then you go back home and you say, oh, yeah, that was a good sermon. And then uh, somebody asks you Sunday night, well, what pastor preach on? Hmm. Man, I know he said something about. Uh... And then you come up with one of the songs they sang. You got to get this, man, because this is to change your life. You don't come to this ministry to leave and stay the same. You come to this ministry to learn how to be a giant. Come on, somebody. You come to this church to learn how to rise up and live in the earth as more than a conqueror. You learn that at this church. You come here and all of a sudden your vocabulary changes. Your thoughts change. Your intentions change. See, some of you don't know the process that God puts you on. But God will put you on a process where you'll come here, you'll learn what the word says. Then you receive that for yourself. And then God will help you become faithful. He'll help you become faithful. What, what, what does that mean? You'll be a faithful member. You'll come to church all the time. You'll tithe. You'll learn these things. But then what God wants to do, the next process, is he wants you to become vested. Yeah. 
Oh, come on, somebody. I'm up in here preaching. Yeah, this is what he's doing in this church. You, you can't stop it. Come on, I, I don't care who's watching me or who's saying whatever. You can't stop none of this that God's doing. So you're going to come here and become faithful. First of all, you're going to settle it within yourself. You know what? Pastor Troy is my pastor. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to accept that. Because it seems like I've been thinking I've been knowing it all. But I'm going to have to admit that God's given him more revelation than me. And so I'm going to go ahead and receive him as my pastor. Amen. And see, because if you don't receive me as your pastor, you don't get what's flowing in me. It don't flow into you. It, it ain't just like you watch somebody on YouTube. You might watch them, but it don't flow into you. But when you say that's my pastor, now what I got flows into you. And see, that brings your life into submission. And that's the way the anointing flows. So the anointing only flows from the top down. If you still speculate. Well, I know pastor said that, but I don't know. Because, see, you're in the wrong place. Amen? But when you say, that's my pastor. Well, then you're going to receive what I got. And so what will happen is you receive what I got, you're going to become faithful. See, if I'm not your pastor, you won't be faithful. you show up when it's convenient for you. Oh, I can't get an amen right there. And then when you don't show up, you won't let me know. You won't let me know because I'm not your pastor. See, if I'm your pastor, you're going to check in. Oh, I can't get amen right there. If I'm your pastor, you're going to check in with me or my wife or one of my leaders. Amen. If I'm not your pastor, then nobody know where you're at. Because you're on your own mission. But so what will happen is you'll say, oh, that's, <clears throat> he's my pastor. Okay. So now God's going to bring you from just, you know, being a, an attendee from time to time. Then you become faithful. Amen. And so now you'll be faithful with your attendance. You'll be faithful with your tithes. And then now what he's going to do is he's going to bring you into that place where you'll become vested. <clears throat> and so now when you're vested, that means the success or failure of this church matters to you. Amen. Oh, come on, man. I'm up in here, man. I'm in here doing this. The success or failure of this church matters to you. And you become a vested member. And you say, oh, no, that's my church in the name of Jesus. That church will not fail because I go to that church. That's my church. And you'll see yourself as a part of building and becoming great. And you'll take ownership. And you won't be a visitor. You say, that's my church. Mm. And that's how... We do great things because we have bested people. Amen. So it's a process. Don't get me wrong. You're not just going to show up and, you know, some of you, it's going to take you a while to show up before I become your pastor. You know what I'm saying? Some, some people, they can't get past the fact that I'm younger than them. You know what I'm saying? They, they can't get past the fact that they've been saved longer than me. I, I you know, whatever, we'll wait on you. We'll wait on you. We'll, we'll still give you a chance. But so now when you got vested members, and, that, and I'm preaching this because that's where we're going. See, we're going to that place where we got vested members. Vested members 
got skin in the game. Vesta members say, if a house got to be built, show me where the bricks are. I'm ready to pick them up. When they ain't vested, call me when dinner's done. I might roll through. We don't need nobody just rolling through. It's strong. It's powerful. And it's changing lives. And watch what happens. It's going to change this whole valley. Oh, y'all don't know where I'm going with this. Let me tell you this right now. There's no place like this in this whole valley. You can't leave here and find another us. Now, if you plug in, God's going to rise. Man, he's going to cause you to rise up. Boy, you're going to be walking in an anointing. You're going to be, come on, laying hands on the sick. You're going to be speaking and decreeing. You're going to be prophesying. You're going to be calling in stuff. I mean, to tell you, people are going to say, what is going on with you? Because you're now learning about your original identity. Amen? And so, now, we want to make sure we understand how God flows and how God works in this situation. So us, as a people, our confidence is at its highest level when we are babies. I'm just teaching you the simplicity of this. Our confidence as is at its highest level when we are babies. Do you know babies are born in charge? Y'all in here with me. Some of y'all, if you, ain't, if you don't have no kids, you don't have that revelation. But if you, if some of y'all didn't have some kids, you, oh, you telling the truth, pastor. Uh-huh. Babies are born in charge. They will tell you when to wake up. Come on. They're going to they gonna tell you when you get to go to sleep. They're going to tell you when it's time to eat. Amen. And they are fearless. You know, babies are fearless. If, if, if my grandson, I got a, a beautiful grandson. If my grandson was up here on this stage with me, he would just, if, he'll crawl right off. He don't know, no, he don't know nothing about down there. He, if he, he would just crawl and just crawl off. He don't have a fear of falling. He don't know nothing about that. And so as I got, I would have to watch him. But think about it. People, as they grow, you start getting, you got people today, they they have a fear of heights. They have a fear of, you know what I'm saying? They got all kind of fears going on. But when they're little, when they're baby, they don't have all that stuff. And so babies don't, you know, they're fearless. How many know babies are demanding? Can I get an amen right there? Babies are demanding. You know, I just, I love my little grandson, but, uh, you know, I get to see him on FaceTime because they live in Ohio. But, you know, he don't like being in this, in this little playpen thing. And so uh, when he gets in there, he knows how to make noise. So all of a sudden, he'll, you know, even if it's fake. I mean, ain't no real tears or nothing, but he's making, ah, uh-uh. He don't want to be, you know, man, I need to be up out of here. Well, there's that demand, and babies are bold. Babies are very bold. They'll, you know, you ever heard a baby crying in public? Seems like they don't care. You try to take the baby to the movies? Come on. 
there's nothing like some uh, uh, etiquette, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, we're in the movies. No, if, if the baby needs something, they're going to let it out in the movies. And they'll disturb everything. And so think about this. Babies, they don't deal with self-doubt. They don't deal with low self-esteem. They dominate and they make others conform. And who is this? I'm talking about babies. The most anointed people on planet Earth. Babies. And so let's go to Matthew now. Matthew 18.3 NLT. Matthew 18.3 NLT. So now, you know, uh, coming up to this verse, Nicodemus was saying, hey, you know, Jesus, we know that, man, you got to be with God because there's no way you could be doing all this stuff. All this stuff being confirmed and all these miracles you're doing, clearly you're with God. And then he's saying, you know, that's right. He's like Nicodemus, no, that's right. You're telling the truth. But what he says here is very important, verse 3. Then he said, I tell you a truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And so it says, unless you become like little children. Well, the thing is, is little children are acting more like God than adults. How many of y'all were raised up in those times where Adults would tell you something like, don't speak when grown folks is talking. Can I get amen right here? Amen. Or, or grown folks is doing something in one room and what you got to do? Go to another room. Why? Because they being like adults. Amen. But really, God is saying you need to be like kids. Amen. Because when you start learning how to be like an adult, that's when you start learning how to be like the devil. A lot of the rooms that I was kicked out of, I know they wasn't doing, they wasn't having no prayer meeting. I guarantee you that. Amen. And how many know a lot of stuff they thought you didn't know they was doing it, you knew. Then you start doing it. Right? And so in the world, children try to become like adults. How many of y'all been there where you just you just wanted to be, you know, you, you got kids, you're raising them, and they say, Man, I can't wait till I get twelve. I just want to be twelve, man. Every age, they keep pushing it. They want to. They want to. They want to. They want to keep pushing it, right? Because that's what the enemy is all about: trying to get them. Now, what? A lot of kids were. They just couldn't wait to the day that got. They got to say they're grown. Come on, amen. Now, my kids wasn't going to say that because if you say you grown, you got to have your own. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. You grown, okay, praise God. Let me get your address. Oh, uh uh-huh. No, no, that's my address you just quoted. Let me get your address. Where do you live? Because you grown, amen? And so people that are grown, they pay for their own stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's grown. You know, but kids are always looking, I want to be grown, I want to be grown. Well, because they want to have some so-called freedom or whatever. Well, we see that's what's going on in the world. People are trying to become like adults. But in the kingdom, adults need to become like children. 
Adults need to become like children. Amen. And so now go to John. Let's go to John chapter three. And we'll go three through six. Three through six. Now, you know what I misquote? I said uh, in uh, Matthew 18, you got to be like little children. But Nicodemus, this is in in John. This is where he's talking about uh, God doing all these miracle things. And I know you're we know you're with God. But then Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again. So now he's starting to emphasize this. I tell you the truth, unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so uh, verse four, do what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the spirit of water and the spirit. And and, and he makes it clear right here. Humans can produce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Look at your name and say spiritual life. Okay, so that's a that's the next level of living that God has for you. Let's break this down in the message translation. These verses right here, message translation. Jesus replied, you're absolutely right. He's talking about you're doing these great things. Now he says, take it from me, unless a person is born from above. So when we start talking about born again, I'm born from above. Unless a person is born from above, um, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to God's kingdom, to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up. You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born again or born from above talk? Next verse. Jesus said, you're not listening. Y'all know he'll tell you that? Did you guys know that? Sometimes you're praying, but you're not listening. Come on, that's just a little side note for somebody. Sometimes you're praying, but you're not waiting. And God didn't answer you fast enough, so you on to the next thing. Well, you got to just listen, wait on the Lord. And Jesus said, you are not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to the original or this original creation. So this is what we have to do. This is what born again is. It's you are submitting to your original creation because you were born and you were actually put in the earth to be like Jesus, but then you had a wilderness experience. And, but then now you got to be born again, which means, wait, hold on. Let me commit to what I'm created to really do. And that's what he says here. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation. I like the way they they get kind of poetic in in the message translation. But he says, submits to this original creation. What are we talking about? This wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the invisible or the, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life. So this is showing you this power of God. It's not possible to enter into God's kingdom. And so, uh, let me see. When you look at a baby, it's just that. A body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see. Stop. This is powerful stuff. So you might see a, a baby, but what's being developed is being developed by something you can't see. See, what do we do with babies? We say, oh, he looks like his daddy. 
Oh, he looks like his mama. And we, we spend all this time, but we rarely, rarely do we say, he looks like Jesus. That's right. He looks like the spirit of God. I see the spirit of God on him. Matter of fact, I see an anointing on this child. Come on, y'all. That's a, how many of y'all been able to look at a baby and say, man, wait, man, I, man, I see the spirit of God on this child. That's what's supposed to be happening. And so, uh, let's see, you can't see and touch the spirit. Okay, back up real quick. Let me just, so when you look at a baby, it's just that. A body you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch the spirit and becomes a living spirit. And so this born again experience this gets us back to that. It gets us back to how we were. We were put in the earth, but created by something we can't see in the earth. But now when we are born again, then we start to learn about this original creation. So this original creation, we're formed by the spirit. Now, when I'm formed by the spirit, now I can walk with kingdom confidence. Come on, somebody. If you understand, you are formed by the spirit of God. You are not formed and shaped by your experience. Amen. You're not formed and shaped by what you've gone through. Come on. You're not formed and shaped because you were molested or, or you were raped or you, or you used to be hooked on drugs. You're not formed or shaped by none of that. You are formed and shaped by the spirit of the living God before any stain could get on your life. You are already formed and shaped by the spirit of the living God. And that is not your identity. And so what the enemy tries to do is make you attached to your false identity. False identity. Your identity is not. I'm an alcoholic. Your identity is not, I'm hooked to this, I'm hooked to that. That's not who you are. And the enemy is trying to get you to sign up and stay there and say, that's who I am. I am this, I am that. And God says, no, I created you to be like Jesus on the earth. Now, let me tell you something that that should encourage you, but it might shake you up a little bit. When you went through the hell you went through, come on, somebody. When you went through the hell you went through, your spirit never got touched. Your spirit never got touched. No matter what you went through, the lowest times of your life, your spirit never got touched. And you know what? God never saw you. Mm. Come on, somebody. When God looked at you, he never saw you with the stains of that drama, that trauma. He never saw you with the stains of that bloodline. Come on. Some folks just think that they can only be a certain way because of the bloodline they didn't came out of. But God says it's your spirit. And so when that baby is there and you look at that baby, it is not the bloodline that is dominating. It's the spirit. But the devil blinds us to where we can't see the spirit and we just keep focusing on the bloodline. And then we start making mistakes and we start coming up with bad confessions and we start saying stuff like, you act just like your daddy. Well, if your daddy wasn't acting like Jesus, don't be saying that about that child. Don't be prophesying that stuff on that child if that child ain't acting like Jesus. 
See, you just like your granddaddy. He had that temper too. See, that's people acting in ignorance. But the fact is, God created you to be like Jesus, to look like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, to cast out devils like Jesus. Come on, somebody, to heal the sick like Jesus. God has put this in you, but you got to commit to your original creation. Now, if I start tapping into some of this, I'm going to walk in confidence. How many of y'all just from me preaching, you say, well, hold on. What? Why? Whoo, hey, hold on, pastor. What the, huh? Come on, some of y'all felt like, uh, wait, what? Some of y'all want to strike a pose, like, hey, what? <laughs> huh? That's how it's supposed to make you feel. But it's not. So you got to shift it, man. You got to, that's why you got to commit. You got to go ahead and trust God's process. You got to stop being a visitor. You got to come on and step in and become faithful and then become vested because what's flowing in me is going to flow in you. How could I teach you this type of stuff that nobody taught me? God had to change my image. He had to change the way I think. He had to change the way I view myself. And now you won't be spending all your time apologizing. You'll spend your time walking. Walking in power, walking in dominion. And so we can walk with this kingdom confidence. I'm going to close in a minute, but Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.13, Amplify Classic. I have strength for all things. I want you to confess that. Come on, say it together. Say, I have strength for all things. Man, you believe that? See, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. Look, come on, y'all. This, this is powerful stuff that's going to change your life. Come on, look at your name and say, I am ready for anything. Well, when you understand that, there ain't nothing you're going to be afraid of. Fear is eliminated because you're telling the devil, man, I'm ready for anything. Whatever you got, bring it. I'm ready for it. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses, y'all getting this today? Who infuses inner strength into me. It's not something I had to go find. He put it there. He gave it to me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I ain't waiting for nobody to give me nothing. Because God gave me everything I need. And what I want to do is wake up to what God has done. And then now I'm going to walk with confidence. Last scripture, Joshua 1, 9, NIV. That's why I got to give you so much word because we're going to build it on the word. We're not building it on emotion. We're not building it on nothing else. We're going to build it on the word. I have, <clears throat> have not, let's see, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. So how are you going to walk with confidence? Because you're going to know no matter where I go. Come on, somebody. No matter what I do, my God is with me. And if my God be for me, 
Come on. Who can be against me? And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, somebody. They can try their best, but they can't stop me because I'm anointed. And I've been anointed before I was put in the earth. God didn't put me in the earth and then later on decide to anoint me. He anointed me before he put me in my mama's womb. And if I wake up to that, I'll walk with confidence. We're going to have champions rising up in this church. Come on. We're going to have giants rising up in this church. We're going to have people rising up in this church that are fearless. That ain't scared of nothing. And you'll stand up to the devil and you'll put him in his place. Amen. Y'all believe that? Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke. We thank you that the devil is defeated already and victory belongs to us. We decide today that we're not stepping out of power. We're going further with this power. We praise you for who you are. Maybe um, you're watching us or maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as Lord. Well, that's where all of this step, this starts. You just say, here I am, Lord, take me, do with me as you please. Maybe that's you. Wave your hand. I'll see you. I'll pray for you. I believe God is bringing people in right now. And they're coming in from all around the world. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen.